Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast, where you take one step closer to becoming the best version of yourself possible. On today's episode, I am joined by Matt Chrisman. Matt is one of the best bodywork specialists in the world. Worked with top IFBB pros, WWE wrestlers, athletes, you name it, he's done it. Um, We have a really, really good chat about his journey through finding his path. Um, finding out how he became into getting into bodywork, um, leaving Arkansas, going to Tampa, taking risks on himself, and even more. Um, we really get into some deep conversations here that you guys are really going to value. So let's not waste any more time. Let's just get into this episode. Let's welcome on Matt Chrisman. Of course. Well, I'll do my best to. Yeah. At least I try. I mean, you do a pretty good job of it. Yeah. I'd right? say. I would say you're one of the most well-known people who do body work now in terms of things. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm getting, I'm getting there, I think. You know, definitely making, trying to make a splash and trying to make more people aware of, you know, of what I do and the importance of uh, keeping your body moving and living, you know, pain-free. So life's better when it's pain-free, right? So I'm trying to get people to keep moving well. Man, I'll tell you what, I I just got body work done for the first time in like five months. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> oh, awesome. I, I've never felt so wrecked and yet so loose at one time. My body's like, yeah. I don't know what to do right now. And I'm like, yeah, that's my fault. Because I would be I would be someone that would go like every other week. Like yeah. truly be honest, I think that's what you need to do. If you're gonna if you're gonna bodybuild or you're gonna do anything where you train your body pretty hard. I find that I tell my athletes all the time, I'm like, you have to go get body work done at least once a month. I'm like, yeah, that's, a yeah. that's like, should be a requirement. Cause yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Cause I didn't start getting body work done until like two, two years ago, less than two years ago. And uh-huh. like dramatically changed like how I feel and how my body actually performs in the gym and how it moves. Like you were talking about, yep. like, that's a big thing. Like getting able to actually like squat because your your hips are actually able to like open up properly like yeah, that's a big w for a lot of yeah. yeah 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 how'd you get into that game how'd you get into the bodywork game man through my own pain um i was dealing with like uh knee pain and low back pain consistently and then just nothing was helping i would you know go to your standard physician he's just like yeah take a week off you know and you know, come back and see if it's any better. And, you know, you go, you go back for a follow-up and he's like, well, here, here's his medicine. Let's try this. Yeah. And, you know, and then, you know, you would sign some PT, which now at the time back then PT wasn't, in my opinion, wasn't as good. I call it the Mickey Mouse physical therapy. It's kind of like, you know, it's all just kind of the, I guess the redundancy, kind of like almost like a cookie cutter program, almost mm-hmm. like, hey, hop on this treadmill, hop on this bike, do these different motions. Here, we'll put you on a tens unit and send you on your way out. It's like I was only here for fifteen minutes, you know. Yeah. So oh, yeah, you'll do this homework. You'll do this homework at home. And I was just like, you know, it's just kind of a joke at that point. And so through all that, I started doing some digging on different uh, modalities to kind of help um, with my pain and. I actually was scrolling on Instagram and came across Jason Huh, uh, who's actually one of my favorite bodybuilders, um, yep. Steel Supplement, you know, and he uh, he, he post, made a post about him getting body work. I was like, oh, what kind of body work he gets done? And that led me to a rabbit hole to uh, 
his therapist, which was Casey Smith of the Sarasota Pain Treatment Center, and that led me to him, his site, and that led me to the school that he went to, and I kind of just fell into a rabbit hole there and kind of discovered the different techniques that neurosomatic therapy does, which they look at the body structurally and take postural analysis and kind of see where the pain is stemming from, not chasing symptoms. And so I thought that was really, really cool and unique way of identifying, you know, different pain patterns of what could be causing the pain. So instead of chasing symptoms, you go to the root cause of the pain. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And um, I uh, looked up into the school and looked up a couple of YouTube videos and I actually uh, was looking into a career change anyways. I was, at the time, I was doing personal training, which for me, it was just kind of like, I don't know. It was uh, not as rewarding as I thought it would be. I mean, yeah. I kind of got, I got a little bit complacent, if you will. And so I decided to take a chance, and um, I applied to the school, and uh, I got accepted. Uh, well, I had a Skype call, then I got accepted, and then... I moved from Little Rock, Arkansas to Tampa or Tampa, Florida. Uh, packed up my clothes in my car and moved down there. So Yeah. What was well actually that's it's really funny because I was gonna bring that up next. Um can you chat yeah. about that move for you? Um I know you brought it up like the other day or something on your story, um, or I saw it recently. Uh, <laughs> yeah. can you chat about how like monumental that was for you and what was like what was the biggest shift for you mentally with that move? In terms of, like, was, Man, it, was it really scary to make that? Honestly, I kind of got to the point where, you know, I was complacent. You know, everything was good. I was, you know, I'd say not your dream hours, but it's like, okay, you work, you train people from 5 a.m. till 10, and, you know, I would see two clients every hour. So I'm work, I see 10 clients in, in five hours. I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to go home, have the rest of the day, sleep, take a nap, and have the rest of the day. And it was just, it was like redundant, and it's just kind of like, you know, not progressing at all just kind of staying stagnant and when I was dealing with this pain and all that um and when I discovered the school I just decided you know I need it was scary which you know I was getting into personal development then too which yeah. back then was called self-help books right so which was like 2015-16 and um that's when I kind of made the leap and was like you know what I'm just gonna I sold a lot of my stuff and um after I got accepted, I packed up all my clothes in my car, left the rest of my clothes to my best friend, and he actually still has all my stuff in storage. It's kind of funny. I haven't seen it in six years. Um, I'm going on seven, actually. And uh, packed up my packed up my clothes in my car and literally drove that 16 hours down to Tampa. And you know, I just made that big leap of faith. And so I never, I never pictured myself living my rest, the rest of my life in Little Rock, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I think this was that was kind of the sign, telltale sign that hey, it's time to uh, it's time to uh, embrace the the scariness and uh, take that leap and and move. And was there a little bit of fear? You're like, yeah. I mean, I'm moving to a moving from a city where literally I know everyone. Like, yeah. My sisters used to make used to pick fun of me because they said you should just run for mayor of Little Rock because I would literally know everyone anywhere I went. So, which you know that's very that's very. Uh, you know, it's very a comfort setting, right? And so here I am moving to Tampa, not knowing a soul, and uh, I knew I was going to be okay because I'm typically a very social person, and so I'm yeah. easy to make friends. I'm really good with networking, so I kind of just took that good faith, moved, drove that, made that 16-hour drive, and actually figured out where I was going to live during that 16-hour drive. 
So I didn't have a place <laughs> to study there. And you and you had no you had no plan you didn't even have a plan A you were just like no. you're you just had a plan <laughs> yeah I had a plan I was like it's gonna go and I'm gonna figure this out and uh, I made it happen I feel like for a lot of people the more I converse with people the more I find that that turning point is always when they get complacent about things in life mm-hmm. like even even for myself just where I was at before I even made my move to Ohio it's like I was just like fuck what am I doing. And I feel yeah. like, and I feel like most people don't actually see that, right? Because there's always that that comfort that that complacency oh, yeah. brings to it. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I'm making I'm making all right money. I don't really need to push the boundaries or push what I'm trying to chase after. And I think that's mm-hmm. where a lot of people's like dreams and really like anything of like pushing towards goals really begins to die. So like I right. feel like there's always that that choice moment of like, okay, it's either now or never, even though I think, even though I think that can come at very much like a later age, like even like 40 or 50 for some people where some, where some it hits you like early twenties, mid thirties for, for someone you're kind of having like a quarter life crisis (laughs) as as I would put it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was probably 28 when I made the move. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah. I was kind of, yeah. So I was 27, 28 and that's when I made that move, you know? Yeah. It's like, like, I don't know. It's like live, you know, it's, um, quote, I think it's, uh, live, it was it live with your dreams, not, or I can't remember the quote exactly, but it's pretty much like, you know, chase after the dream, you know, mm-hmm. not yeah. die with regret in a sense, you know? Yeah. Cause I feel like if you do that, I feel like life, honestly, and you could probably test this. Life gets a lot more fun when you chase after that. Oh, yeah. Like to truly, oh, like, no, tr- truly be honest. Um, what was that like? What was that like? A clicked moment for you? So you moved down to Tampa, and when's when's like that? Oh shit! I'm making it, or I'm doing it type moment when you like this is it. Like, because I bet you were still questioning even going to the school and things like that. You're like, is this truly my life path? Like my life purpose? Like, what was that, like, this is it moment for you? Well, I'll tell you what, that didn't come till later. I actually was like an oh shit moment. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't get that moment until a little bit later. Uh, so I get down there, I'm like, okay, sweet, I made it. Here I am, you know, in Tampa, the palm trees, you know, blue skies, sunshine state, I made it, you know, the sun's kissing the face and I'm feeling good. And once I got to the program, I... Like, that's my first first day of school since, like, three or four years being out of college. Yeah. And I'm like, never would I picture myself being back in school again, you know, because I absolutely hated school. It wasn't my thing. I just did it to make my parents happy. Yeah. So, actually, I actually have a bachelor's in human performance and health promotion, so in health science. So, I mean, I guess in a sense I'm kind of using that, but um, anyways, so as soon as I got to the program first week it's just like it's just it's almost like full go like you get the intro and everything and then you're like all right let's break up into these groups term one term two and three and then you're in this group and then like you're doing all these like postural analysis measurements and all that it's like 82 measurements we have to do and i'm just like is this stuff even for me i'm like what the hell am i doing you know it's like posterior inferior and you know like anterior posterior it's just you know getting all these measurements and all that it was like that was kind of my oh shit Especially 
especially like the second, third week, I was just like, I don't know if this is for me, man. This is this is not what I was expecting, you know. But yeah. I was, was there, my dad kind of held in me, you know, yeah. finish almost like finish what you started, you know. Yeah, so, I think that's always a big thing too, right? There's there's always like that test too during it yeah. where where life will be like we're gonna see if this guy really wants to actually like I believe in energy and everything with that and I believe in everything happens as it should um, Absolutely. No matter what. And, I, and I think that's just like you will get tested and someone's gonna ask you to do something that doesn't go along with what you want to do and they're gonna be like right I want to see if you're gonna say no to right. it and I don't like think a lot of people yeah like getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So there's growth and discomfort all the time. You know, it's exactly. fact. So yeah. I was definitely in my just definitely in an uncomfortable situation. And I guess when I had that this is for me moment was probably I'd say probably about four to six weeks in. I kinda like really started getting it and like I was actually one of the faster measures. You know, usually the slower measure takes thirty minutes. Like if you're really good you can get you can get it done in 12 to 15 minutes, you know, a whole full 82 measurement chart of, of a person. So, and that's when I knew I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. You know, yeah. this is, this is going to be, this is it, you know? Well, and, I think everyone needs to, I think everyone needs to take that right. And have that approach, yeah. right? Like that wording, right? Like mm-hmm. you had full trust in yourself that it was going to all end up. Okay. Like, even though you, yeah. even though for a moment you were like, is this for me? You like, you had that kind of thing that your dad said where it's just like you finish what you start and then you get yeah. to that point where you're like, okay, it's going to be all good and well. And yeah. like, yeah. like even I had that over the last like month or something like that where everything kind of just came like falling apart for a minute just from mm-hmm. like the move and different things were changing and stuff. Right. And then like I started to find what I wanted to create and like creating this podcast and like creating yeah. my coaching brand and everything like that. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, yeah. like, cause so it's much, just, cause so much just shifts all at once. I find when these oh, things, absolutely. when these life, when these big life things happen where you are getting onto your path that's intended for you, everything yeah. like completely shifts. And I feel like it causes you to be a completely different person than you were before. Like, even if it is a week, like you can compare yourself a week from then, like that's a big difference in what can happen, right? I don't think a lot of people understand how, how much, how much time we do have to really create like a massive change in our lives. Like when it comes oh, down yeah. to, I feel like it's never too late, you know? Hmm. Is it though? I mean, I guess, well, that's interesting that you say, right? Cause I think also like, like I said, you can get in your forties and fifties moment where sure. you do that. But I think a lot of people run into that complacency train where they think it's too late. Sure. So do you have anything for people that, that might think that, especially like going back to school at 28 to yeah. like, that's where a lot of people would be like, okay, my past set and straight. Like I have like my right. nice corporate job, my nice nine to five and I'm good. Like, what would you say right. to someone that's kind of like, I know this isn't for me and I want to get to the place where I want to go. I think, uh, thinking you really just got to change your mindset. You know, you can't think like you're in this box, right? Life isn't concrete. It's anything you want it to be, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. in a sense, right? you can create something with your own two hands and your hard work and you can make things happen for yourself. 
you just got to have that inner belief, stay consistent, and uh, you know, and just work hard to uh, meet those goals and what you demand of yourself. You know. Yeah. So I think yeah. I think it's changing. You know, fresh starts is a mindset. Yeah. Definitely, and how you view, I think how you view yourself too is also pretty big. I think you have to yeah. view yourself with with actually some confidence too as well. Um, now, now, kind of like you're in school and you're kind of going through this path. What's been like the biggest struggle in this in this journey outside of maybe like that first week where maybe you questioned yourself, like because like I said, you're becoming very well known and everything, and I think yeah. a lot of people see it like now. But what's been like the biggest struggle outside of like moving to the new city and questioning whether it is whether it was for you or not? Um, I guess finding my place, you know, is like personally with like where do I fit in with you know some of these people here in town because it's almost like a culture shock when you move down here. I'm from a little town. I mean, even though Little Rock's the capital of Arkansas, it's a little big city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think one of the biggest struggles was kind of like making that communication and networking with people because with back at home, I could literally find anyone for you. Like if you needed a, if you needed a, a barber, if you needed a electrician, if you needed, you know, whatever it could be like I knew politicians, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's wild. And it's just trying to well, be able to network and facilitate that, uh, here in Tampa because my whole goal to that program was to grind out school for 18 months and move back and open my own practice, which obviously that didn't happen. And so that was, you know, that was my mindset. And that was, you know, so I guess the struggle and the difficultiness of was acclimating to um, adjusting to this, um, I guess, point in my life where I have no one. So it's like yeah. almost like, almost in a sense, like being alone, not being able to like to reach out to somebody like a close friend that's near, like you can go and talk to. So that was, that was I'd say that was, one of the bigger struggles I feel like, like kind of felt alone because you know you'd go to school and it's like all right, well I don't really know anybody. I'm just gonna go to the gym, work out, come back home, study, and it's just like you're by yourself in your thoughts, right? Kind of like that, kind of self doubt too. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really interesting that you said that, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's really interesting that you brought up um, being alone because I actually was writing up, I was writing up something to my friend and. They were talking about that and I was like, yeah, but there's still a big difference. There's a big difference between being alone and being lonely. Yeah. Right. Like if I, like if I look at what you just said, there's a massive difference in what, if someone says they are lonely versus you were just alone working on your goal, right? Right. Like you were going to the gym, eating your food, getting your schoolwork done. Like that's what you were doing, right? Like, but you had, you had an intended goal in mind. Right. And I think that's where people struggle with, with the art of being alone is that they don't yeah. come to terms with, I think that that's necessary. Like everyone, sure. everyone needs to go through that where they're not going to, they're not going to see a ton of people. Like even for right. me, I remember, I remember being in Virginia um, and I didn't see people too often. Like when I was, yeah. when I was working on my business and working on um, myself and like my education, like I just grinded out nights of studying and, and working and doing what I needed to do and just focusing on bodybuilding too as well. Um, so you find that there's that difference between that and was it hard for you to distinct between those feelings too? But looking back at it, 
now you could probably tell that there was a there was a difference between between those. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I mean, I guess in a sense, I kind of like this. It's like becoming, you know, the best version of yourself will require a lot of goodbyes, which I learned kind of how I kind of embrace that, you know? Yeah. So, How's that? How did you, how did you embrace, how did you embrace that? Embrace of as far as, you know, like, people, you know embracing that, I just kind of changed my mindset when it comes to, you know, that, you know, though I say a lot of goodbyes, I mean, this is a chance to be my best self of who I truly am and what my real calling is. And I know that'll be okay because I'm able to have, you know, those conversations with people and make connections and things like that and network and make something of myself to uh, make progress with what I'm doing or what I'm wanting to do. Mm -hmm. And so I knew Knowing that, I took I took comfort in that it was I was going to be, you know, everything was going to be okay. Yeah. Now I got a few I got a few posts that I seen you repost from. Uh, yeah. Chris Cavallini, is that his name? Yeah, Did I say yeah. his name right? Yeah, I don't yeah, want to book yeah, you. Good, name. Good, good, no, good good friend of mine. Yeah. So I see you post these a lot, and I really want to dive into like three or four of them that yeah, that yeah, I yeah. saw you repost, and yeah, the one that you reposted recently was if you want to be great people will tear you down. That is the price you yeah. pay for caring enough to make a difference, embrace it, it makes you stronger and more resilient. Now, it means a lot when you repost something, right? That means that sure. there's there's an inspiration behind that. So so what was so what was the inspiration behind you reposting that? Was there something that clicked with you um, that brought you back to a certain place during this time? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's like you, are you probably from a? Are you from a small town too? Yeah, a little bit of a small town where mostly everyone knows each other. Yeah. Yeah, everyone knows everyone. Yeah, it's almost like how I like to interpret that for me is like no one's really happy for you unless you're doing it just as shitty as they are, right? It's like, oh hey, how's your little business doing? I was like, little business. I'm like, this business is going. This business is going well. It's almost like condescending and trying to throw like little digs at you, you know. So I kind of took that, you know, is that's that's kind of how I take it too. Kind of, you know, prove, let you know, torture them with success, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of how I took took that saying. As far as you know, people will tear you down. Uh, you know, they always everyone th everyone throws stones from a glass house. Yeah. And uh, it's just that's that's kind of how I interpreted that quote as well. And also, just people also like you know in the industry too that wants to throw darts, you know, little, those, those little shots at you too. So it's kind of, kind of a uh, middle finger to them as well. So it's okay. Yeah. I say, this is how, this is how you always find out who is your friend, who is your actual true friend and who isn't. Yeah. Like yep. they fully, do they fully actually support you winning? Right. And do they cheer you on when winning? And do they talk right. about you winning to your, to their friends? And like, like, are they actually doing that to support you? Or do they cheer you on from the front and then they talk shit behind your back, right? Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, I found this oh, out. Yeah. I found this out the hard way. Um, I think this is one of probably the hardest things that a person could go through, especially when they're starting to be on the come up, is going through this part where people will tear you down. Um, because if, if you have a certain personality, you'll feed into that. Like, for yeah. myself... 
I fed into it pretty hard and people, yeah. and just from my background of just like the way I went through my childhood and everything like that, like that's where, that's where I take people's opinions and what they say about me to heart, um, yeah. no matter what it is. So how would you tell people to, how would you tell people that are maybe on that come up that feel that pressure from others? Like maybe I have, um, right. To kind of think about this and be like, just know that this is going to be like a part of the process because I think every single entrepreneur, every single person that owns a business that I've heard of has gotten this no matter what. Um, and they, and yet I feel like it's really funny cause I feel like they, they talk about this after they become successful cause they don't notice yeah. it until, until they have that made it point where they don't notice yeah. it in the, in while they're going through that growth and while they're on that come up. Yeah. Um, I just actually Gary V I listen a lot back in the wall. Well, I don't listen as much, but Gary V, uh, as far as the opinions of other people, it's like, why do you, you know, why do you give a shit of what other people think? You know, uh, other people's opinions you is a reflection of themselves, right? They're hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're hurt. They're, they're in pain. They're, they're the one throwing, you know, throwing shade at you because deep internally they're, they're uh, insecure or they have some deep underlying issues. And so I kind of took it, I took it, I took it like that, took that in stride like that. So I was like, I was like, all right, you know, and also took it like, okay, I'll see where, where you're at in a year or two. I'll see where I'm at in a year or two. You know, that's kind of, I mean, you'll deal, I mean, you'll deal with a lot of different people that are going to throw shade or, or hate at you. And you just got to keep, you just kind of got to block out the noise, you know, have those blinders on, you know, and just keep going forward, you know? Yeah. That's you get a lot of hate for the newbie stuff. machine. <laughs> What's that? You get a lot of hate for the newbie machine. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, and you know, I get some some with that, and I get some with like, you know, like, oh, what is what is NST? That's not even a proven, you know, thing. Which you know, we we have research papers on mm -hmm. a lot of things that we we're able to help. So I mean, yeah, you you get you'll get shit on some of that, but you know, as long as you're confident in your craft and what you speak, and you speak with confidence, and and you can back those claims up, then yeah, I think. You know, I've been able to I've been able to do that. My results speak for themselves. I mean, I don't really advertise. I, I, I don't I don't think I ever advertised since like the first couple of years I was in business, and everything's now it's just straight word of mouth on Instagram and through social media. So I don't really have to advertise. I get I get new inquiries almost every day. Is it pretty cool to be, have that opportunity to like go travel around the country and go treat like many different people? Like for example, I yeah. mean, like you were going to come up. Like even I had the opportunity to get worked on by you. Obviously, some some things ran into getting it, but I was going to get worked on by Matt when when he was coming up to Ohio to visit Austin Stout. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool to kind of like sit back when you're like traveling sometimes or on like a flight and you're like, "Fuck, I get to go around the country and see like some of the best people in this industry, and like they want my work." Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely incredibly humble feeling to be able to experience that. It's uh, actually kind of kind of funny here. I used to be subcontracted with the WWE. Actually, they were my first gig out of out of school. I literally, okay. my first gig, my first gig was with the WWE through one of my clients, Samoa Joe. Um, he asked if I was available to do some work. I was like, yeah, sure. And WWE contacted me and said, hey, well, we're going to be at Madison Square Garden, so we'll be, be here at this time and time, such and such. I was like, my first gig is going to be at Madison Square Garden. 
I get there. I'm like, holy shit. I'm in, I'm in the Big Apple, Madison Square Garden. I'm literally staring, staying at an Airbnb at some creepy day trader's house or apartment. <laughs> yeah. I roll my stuff over there. Literally, he lived like two blocks away from Madison Square Garden. I go back there, and I freaking go through security with the wrestlers, and it was a pretty, pretty surreal feeling. I'm, I actually grew up a big wrestling fan, so I always wanted to be a wrestler as a kid, but... Here I am backstage. I get to work on some of the people I grew up watching wrestling. Like I see the Hardy Boys, I see Kane, I see Rhino, I see John Cena. You know, I see Sheamus. It's uh, it's a very surreal feeling, and that was pretty cool that I got to travel with with them on the road. Even though, I mean, they're not the best paying company, but that's not the hero there. But uh, but it was a cool experience to be able to travel with them on several different occasions for Monday Night Raw and, and Friday Night SmackDown. So that was really cool. And, uh, of course, that snowballed into what it is today to people reaching out to me for, like, Austin. You know, we met we met at the Physique Education Collective in Denver in 2020, and I got to present, which was really awesome. And that's kind of how I met Austin, Vince, Pitstick, uh, Jeff Black. And I actually knew Jason. I know Jason Theobald for a while. He was actually coaching mine back in 2011, back in the forum board days. Um, so it was really cool to connect with him in person. So that all snowballed to what it is today, be able to travel to – you know, I was traveling to Nashville to work uh, on Jeff Black and at the seminars there. And then, of course, I feel like I go to Austin's every quarter uh, in Ohio. So it's just a very cool experience that people really believe in my craft and work and notice the difference and how big of a change it, it makes on their mobility, their movement patterns, uh, muscles firing correctly, all that. So it's really, really awesome um, incredibly proud of myself to be able to be at this point and make an impact on other people's lives throughout the throughout the country and even throughout the world um i've worked with people in canada through zoom a couple people through in the uk so it's a really cool experience especially working on some of the ipv pros that are from europe uh there's a couple from germany um obviously the uk area they said hey if you're ever in town somehow let me let us know we can get you set up you know, and I think that's a really cool opportunity to have that I had that available. And yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a fun ride for sure. I never would have expected this in my in my water stream. She would have told me this is going to be your life five years ago. I'd been like, you're bullshitting me. You know, but here I am. I think that's 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 what a lot of people think. They're like, well, number one, I'd be fanboying too if I saw any of those WWE guys because. Yeah. And, and I'd be like, I'd be like getting like the w, the the DVDs in like 2004, yeah. 2005, and I would just be yeah, watching yeah. like like No Way Out or like Hell in the Cell or like Survivor Series, yeah. like like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that was my shit as a kid. I think I watched like yeah. Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown like every single week for like like literally like my whole childhood. That was That's like awesome. that was some yeah. of my best yeah. moments. That's cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah. One time, one time, actually, funny story. This would be great for the podcast. One time, I br- I. Uh, put the brim of my hat like down and I jumped yeah. off my sofa and I, <laughs> I crashed the brim right into my hat and it split my glasses right in half. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought oh, it was the God. coolest shit ever. And I go run up yeah. to my mom and my mom's like, what did you do? And she just sees the glasses broken in half and she's like, just she just shook her head. Out. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, I gotta pay for, yeah. She's like, I gotta pay for another pair of glasses. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so. I think, yeah, I think it's pretty dope that you were able to, like, that's crazy for a first gig 
to yeah. <laughs> go into the WWE. Um, yeah. Now, next post I see, and I think this will this will give us a really really good one here. Your competition isn't always other people. It is your insecurities and ego, your tendency to procrastinate, stay comfortable, and avoid taking responsibility. It's the shit food you consume, the excuses you make, or the people, resources, opportunities you take for granted. When they say you're your own competition, that's what it really means. So, I want to kind of get your take on this one um, and break this down a little bit more because I think I think this is huge. I think people lose that battle to them inner selves a lot because um, it's the hardest one to do. So, if you want to break that down, <laughs> give your thoughts on why this post was posted from your angle, um, and we'll kind of just take it from there on this one. Man, um, I guess that one's that one's a really good one uh, from Chris. Chris posts some really good gems. He's like a life problem solver. I, I call it. It's, he's just a no nonsense, no bullshit guy. You know, just quit making excuses. You know, it's you know that's. I mean, it's true. Your competition always is other people. It's you know, it's your it's dealing with your inner self, right? And uh, taking accountability for your actions and and hold yourself to a high standard to uh, continually progress as a person inside and out, whether it's, you know, through mental fortitude, through personal development, through reading, whether it's audio books or what have you, uh, or even in and out of the gym, you know, even just simple things as making your bed every morning, right? It's a small little thing. You know, I think that's a big, big thing. It's, and I'm a big proponent of how you do one thing is how you do everything as well. And so it's, I mean, when it comes to that quote, you know, it's it's always finding, you know, growth in that discomfort too. So people like to stay in that comfort level, but you know, like I said earlier, there's always there's growth and discomfort and so and always take responsibility for your actions of what you do, whether it's good or bad, and just make sure you're always doing the right thing, you know, and progressing to your goals and to your your daily habits and and to your daily life so yeah i think the biggest one i think the biggest one is probably taking responsibility for your own taking responsibility for your own actions i think that's always step one for anyone wanting to grow is is if you if you blame things on others or on like an event or a circumstance it's like right it's not it's not what it is right you don't change you don't change by actually by actually doing that you change by saying, oh, where could I get better? Um, and this right. is something that, I mean, I'm a big fan of like Jordan Peterson. And this is like a big yeah. thing that he always talks about is it's your responsibility. Like at yeah. the end of the day, like it's, it's, like, it's on you. And I think like that's, Yaco. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, everything is your fault, right? Yeah. Uh, everything is your fault, which is, right. which is, which in my mind, though, that could play that there's like two devil's advocate. There's a devil's advocate to that because yeah. you could definitely take that too far. But right. absolutely. But if we think about it, right, like we always say, like everything happens as it should. Like everything has yeah. happened because yeah. you allowed it to happen in a right. way. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. So one one question though, I want to break down in between that thing is how do how do you subdue your ego, especially as you continue to climb and especially as you continue to grow and you've seen this massive growth over, you know, it hasn't been too long of a time period, right? How was, a couple of years. 
yeah. What did you do? What have you been doing to help, like, to do the ego of, like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm the man. Like, I'm the fucking man. <laughs> man, I don't get too high on my own supply, you know? That's what I yeah. tell people. You know, I don't, I don't get myself too low. I don't get myself too high. You know, I always keep myself that middle ground to kind of stay humble that I'm not in the business. I mean, obviously you're in the business of making money, but I'm more in the business of, of the service of people. You know, I'm in the people serving business. So I want to make sure that everyone's taken care of, you know, and I want to make sure that they feel special, you know, like they, that someone actually cares of their problems and issues that they're dealing with, not just passing off, you know, giving it like, eh, brushing off their issues and things like that. I just, I feel like that, um, that's kind of what keeps me in that, in that space of not getting too high in my own supply saying, I'm almost like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the, like in my head, I'm like, yes, I freaking did it. I mean, I'm the man. It's like, <laughs> like I have a, I have a client who's, he's seen, I was his last resort. He's like, all right, dude, I've seen every doctor. I've seen every specialist. I've seen any type of therapist. He's like, I don't know what you do. I read some things about it. It's interesting. You're my last hope. I changed his life. He literally hasn't been able to train legs the way he wants to. Like he, he kept it from bodybuilding and mm-hmm. I got his life back. He's able to train legs like he's had, like he had in the past. You know, it's like you're the only one that could fix it. He, he even seen a colleague of mine that he couldn't help, and I was the only one that could help him. It's just kind of like freaking, I am the man. But you know, then we, I find get get back in that place. Like, yeah, you help people. Let's keep this train rolling. You know, let's let's uh, let's keep this momentum going. You know, don't get so high, don't get too high on your own supply. Have your moment and act like you've been there before. You know. Yeah. And then one thing outside of the ego, right? Because our ego is laid within our insecurities, which is what he yeah. talked about, right? Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the ones that you've had to face in your life in terms of, especially as you've gone through like this massive shift? Um, because I know I can personally speak upon some of the insecurities that I have and some of the difficulties that I faced. Um, but I kind of want to hear from you over what are some of what are some of your insecurities that make you kind of because I think a lot of people are going to hear some of these podcasts. And the reason why I want to ask these types of questions, because I want to put this out here for the viewers, is because I want to make these people like they are some of the best people in the world. And this yeah. is how you become like the best version of yourself is actually dealing with these insecurities and becoming yeah. better out of it. And also, I want to make you more human <laughs> right. because a lot of people could see you as as like on like a pedestal when really right. you're the same as everyone else. You're dealing with the same shit. So what are some right. of the insecurities that you battled through and how did you, how did you overcome them? Um, it's serious of being good enough, you know, I've always kind of felt that, you know, there's been points in my life where like, am I even good at this or am I, am I good enough? Am I worthy to even be able to put my hands on people and be able to help and make a difference? You know, there'd be times where I wasn't able to help someone that really took a blow you know, it's like a low blow, you know, it's just really took, t- sucks the air out, out of you, you know, and it's just, um, that was one of the big, I guess, things, hurdles that I had to get through that, you know, you'll have those days, but you'll have more, you'll have more ups than there are downs. And once, you know, the downs, you can figure out what you did wrong and how you can take that into the next treatment, apply that and, and be of service of your next patient that you deal with. So that was, being good enough was one of the insecurities, and um, as far as um, it's just in my, I guess another. Let's see, that would be 
probably the main one uh, insecurity with that. Um, another insecurity uh, would have to be the confidence of my work as well. So having some like lack, lacking confidence, um, you know, like I said, you'll have those moments where you lack, where you just, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't want to do this today, you know, but sometimes you kind of have to just fight through it and keep digging each day and showing up, you know, showing up and keep giving it your best um, each each day, each person, each session. So the uh, insecurity of not being good enough, you know, some of the, the lack of confidence. Yeah. And, uh, and not being accepted and not, you know, not being the best, you know, at my job and the inability to get people better or feeling well. So those are, those would be some more, uh, insecurities, I would say. Do you think the, do you think the first one is why a lot of people don't start in the first place it is, and this is something that I've been dealing with actually a lot lately. Like I said, when things started to change, it was a big yeah. question it was like, am I worthy of even doing this? I think that's where people ask that question. It's not even like good enough. They're like, am I even worthy of starting it? Um, right. Now, how did you have like a supporting cast that helped you get through that during that time too, where you, where you might've not thought you were worthy enough to actually be able to do it? Yeah. Um, my parents, uh, and especially my wife, wife was, uh, she's a big, big, uh, sorry. Um, Yeah, no, she's been she's been a rock for me yeah. during this whole process, you know. Yeah. So if I feel down, she, you know, lets me know it's going to be okay. So it's uh, really incredibly blessed to have her in my corner to kind of get me through some, you know, some of the tough days. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about that. I was like, what does her loyalty mean to you? I'm like, this oh, is one thing. This is. This is one thing that I saw and I see it and I see it on your posts and it's a big thing that I really get really like happy to see from you. It's just like yeah. you discussed how, how grateful you are to have her in your life. Oh, absolutely. And how did she, how did she help change you? Uh, everything. She holds me to a high standard. She holds me accountable. She calls me all my bullshit. And, uh, even if I get upset, you know, I'll have my moment and be upset and then we'll come back and we'll have a talk. And, you know, and we'll, we'll solve it together to make, uh, make me and her better. I mean, this is, you know, it's not, I don't know, it's not 50, 50. It's, you know, who's not, it's picking each other, p picking up each other's slack. Right. Mm -hmm. Like if I give, if I can only give 30%, then she'll do 70%. If she can only give 20, I'll do the 80, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a team effort with me and her and, uh, incredibly grateful for her and to have her, uh, support and her wealth of knowledge when it comes to uh, my mental and hold me to a high standard and make me a better person and a better human uh, and always encouraging me to uh, that I am making a big difference with people with my work and she identifies that and definitely lets me know that I am making a difference and that I am making an impact on the community and people around the world so it's uh, means the world to me and she 
definitely uh, helps me a lot in that aspect. I think it's really it's life becomes really dope when you have good people around you. That's oh, absolutely kinda, not. Yeah, it's good to have good people. You know, it's uh, people that support you, believe in what you do, believe in your craft, always pushing to be better, calling you out on your bullshit. Your meanest friend is the one that cares about you the most. And it really I, is. Yeah, it really, it really is. I, I truly believe that. Like, if they truly care, they'll be there and comfort you. But they're also yep. going to kick you down a few times to tell yep. you tell you, you got to work on your shit, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. get your shit together, you know? So. Yeah. So that's like, yeah, she just seems like she just seems like she's been like the crucial piece to your puzzle that you may have oh, been missing. Cool. She came out of time. nowhere. Yeah, no, she's awesome. And it helps that she's, you know, she's a doctor or nurse practitioner in psych and mental health. So that's, that's always a plus as well. How does, how does, now going into that, though, how does your mental health take a toll when you're, when you're grinding for so long and you're actually like working on all these top level pros and things like that? And you, you have these insecurities of, are you good enough? There's things. How does she help you with that side of things and helping you see that and see past that? Um, she, uh, I mean, through communicating and conveying to her what I feel on, on different things like that. Like say if I had a, you know, I see, I see every, I see a lot of people every day. So I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, uh, obviously I'm an extrovert, but sometimes, you know, after I see so many people throughout the day, it's just like, all right, I just want to be with her and our dogs. So, um, but no, she helps as far as keep my head, you know, at a good level to where it needs to be, you know, not too low, not too high, keeps that nice yeah. middle ground. You know? uh, so I think she really helps uh, me establish a way better mindset and attitude on how I handle different situations, especially when it comes to bad days, you know. Yeah. And, and it, yeah. And I think I, I understand your extrovert point there plenty because yeah. I'm one too, but even, even for me, I'm like, even though I'm extroverted, I yeah. could only do like yeah. one podcast a day. If I needed to record, I'm like, yeah. I can't do any more than that. I'm like, yeah. I'm like exhausted by the, by the end yeah. because you put so much, I think it's because at least what we do with our crafts, right? You put so much effort into making it a really, like a really good experience for the person that, yeah that takes a lot of energy and mm -hmm. people are like, aren't you so, aren't you, aren't, don't you gain energy from having people around? You're like, yeah, you do, but it's hard to even take alone time because yeah. that's what, that's what people put out as extrovert, right? You kind of get labeled as that, as that social guy. Yeah. So you continue yeah. to get put on those expectations of always being social. And, right. and I find that that leads to, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, which is placing boundaries on things. Um, yeah. and I wanted to talk about one last post that you actually posted. I don't know if it was him that, if it was Chris that actually posted this one, it might've been, um, you said manipulation is when they blame you for your reaction to their disrespect. Um, I want to know when have you found yourself like being manipulated and how did you place that boundary on, on like those things when those start to arise? You know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I've been, you know, there's people 
in the industry or like in my realm, you know, that use manipulation tactics to, uh, you know, to kind of undermine you on what you know and things yeah. like that and kind of question yourself. So, I mean, I haven't, I've got that a couple times, mm-hmm. but, um, I mean, to combat that, you know, you just kind of, you know, just you do the work. I got to shut them out, you know, you just yeah. got to, you know, cut, cut them off, whether they're, whether the friends or acquaintances, you kind of just keep them, you just keep them at a distance, you know, and you just can't let that noise creep in and, uh, you know, and just get those disrespectful motherfuckers out of your life. You know, life gets a lot better when you uh, get rid of those type of people in your life. Yeah, there was a quote. There was a quote that I there was a quote that I was reading um, because I really set like a boundary just recently, like one of the first times I've ever done it. Because I'm such from where I've come, my background, like I'm really kind and I'm and I'm always understanding of everyone. And I try to bring everyone in and use my energy to help them. Um, yeah. and it's kind of been taken and used upon a few times. Uh, but there's a quote that I read. I think it was on TikTok, and it said. Um, it says you'll know it's like something if you'll know if the person's meant to be in your life if if one when you place that boundary on them or you cut them off you love them more or yeah. you realize how much how much life is peaceful without them yeah it's like absolutely I, I'm, I'm starting to find that more and more and more especially more as I really, day, right? yeah i'm like i'm like you really don't need too many people in your life to truly like you don't need too many within that close circle to fully enjoy everything that life has to that everything life has to give right i think it's just you just need good five five people in your life that you can fucking go to war with and that's it i think i think if you have that and then you then you use that energy that social energy that we have I think it just that's when you start to know when to when to use it, when to push, when to pull, and you mm-hmm. just know and life just becomes a lot easier, I find. Oh it's been a lot more peaceful. Hundred percent. No, hundred percent agree. You know? Actually, you know, I just also want to say, you know, respect to everyone who comments other people and really mean it, you know? Because that jealousy envy shit is that that shit is for losers. So they can they can just see their way out. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't get how you can support someone and really be jealous of what they have. Like, this is something that I've even had to work on now. And like, I take yeah. full responsibility yeah. for it, right? Like, it's just like, right. well, why don't I have that? And it's just like, well, you haven't, you don't really know what goes on, right? This is like the same thing that Jordan Peterson says, right? It's compare, it's compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not just who someone else is today. Because... I bet for a lot of people, when it comes down to it, if they get jealous of you or anything, or they throw you shade, I would love for them to step in your shoes throughout your whole life and be like, okay, um, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want to work that many hours, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I find. That's what I find to be the thing is they'll talk shit. And then you're like, well, put yourself in their shoes and then think about it and Mm -hmm. and understand because everyone has a different story and everyone has a different background to how they come up. And then, there's a lot of stuff that happens. And I think a lot of people don't deal with some of the stuff that happens. And, it, and I don't think you would want what half the people have in this world, right? Like, that's, yeah, how, I, that's sure. how I think about it. That's why I'm like, life can't be any better right. than where I am, right? Yep. Because yep. it's just like, you've made it past those points. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what's like next for you? Like what's like, what's the big like growth for you now? Like what's your vision over everything? Like where do you, where do you want to go now with things? So right now I open a second office inside MI40 gym. So I actually hired two therapists. I have Ben Hodge, also known as Ben underscore huge on Instagram. He's uh, my mas- deep tissue massage therapist. And then I just hired, uh, he's actually a former client of mine. I made such an impact on this therapy that he actually made a career change and went to the same program as I did. And he just graduated earlier this year in March. Luke Kobitter, he, uh, he works with me is now. He's a neurosomatic therapist as well. So I got two hirees now. Um, looking into bringing a, a different form of chiropractic uh, with a guy named Dr. Andy Zhu, uh, hopefully here in the next couple, hopefully in the next month or so. So going to continue to, want to continue to grow and continue to be the service of people uh, to help everyone, you know, live and function uh, throughout their daily life. So that's the goal. And I want to do... Uh, I want to do a little bit more traveling with some people, kind of re- get a re- further reach out to people, like whether it's yep. Austin, uh, people, maybe people in the Atlanta area like with David that's Mosquito, which I need to contact him soon. Um, and then, you know, make a trip to Nashville. So, just, you know, it'd be cool to do a little bit more of the traveling stuff to kind of help uh, others yep. around the U.S. So. Yeah, I definitely got to. Yeah, we got to get you back up here. <laughs> I need, yeah, yeah, yeah. or I need to go travel down to Florida. I don't know, right. Florida. Hey, going down to Florida in the winter rather than coming to rather than coming to Ohio sounds a lot nicer, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, hey, I don't mind. I'm, I'm, I don't mind the change of scenery. I like the slight little weather change, a little cooler, you know. Um, but yeah, that's that's my goal is to keep on growing, progressing. You know, maybe bring on another therapist as well, and kind of continue on the. Uh, kind of like the crusade of letting everyone know about neurosomatic therapy and, and FRC and how it can all help people, uh, live a pain-free life. So that's, that's the the goal. I just want to make an impact on each and every person that I work with, giving them a piece of me and leaving them with a piece of them as well, making an impact. That's, that's dope. That's really cool. Just, just, just to have that growth. Yeah. Now, getting to the end of the episode, I want to say first off, thank thank you for coming on. Um, thank yeah, you for taking the time. Really appreciate it. What? Uh, I usually do my final three questions, so we'll nail these out, and then I'll then I'll get you on your way. Um, what should people take away from this episode? Um, a key takeaway on this is, you know, follow your. Follow what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Life is life is too short to to do what you don't want to be doing. You know, go out there, take that leap of faith, get in that discomfort because there's growth and discomfort. And on the other side of that, there is uh, there's happiness and actually true true happiness on what you really want to do in life and your purpose and your calling. And I think if you step out of that comfort zone and make that uh, that leap. Uh, life can get a lot better for yourself. Yeah. Hey, I was going to say, I was going to ask this next one. I trying to figure out what question I want to ask for number two. I've kind of been like stuck between like multiple ones. So we'll give it one. Yeah. You might get a fourth question today. Um, what are three books? What are three books that people should read? Uh, Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink. Uh, Unfuck Yourself by John Bishop. 
and uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck by uh, Mark Manson. <laughs> good, good three books there. Um, what is what is one thing that people can do to become the best version of themselves? Start today. Awesome. And then last question, probably the easiest one to answer. Get your 15 seconds of fame here. Where can people find you? People can find me at uh, Instagram handle next level or nothing. Uh, you can also find me at the musclemechanic.org. Uh, I'm on Facebook seldomly, so you can find me at Matthew.Christman, I think, on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, where you can find me. And uh, I'm more active on Instagram than anything else. So you can definitely always hit me up in the DMs if you have any questions or want to do any Zoom consults or any type of therapy sessions. We can definitely make that happen. Awesome. If you guys enjoyed listening to this episode, um, listening to Matt, go follow him on Instagram, number one. He posts some really good stuff. Uh, number two, if you can, go support your boy. Use code SPADE at MorphogenNutrition.com. Save 10% off all supplements. If you guys also enjoyed listening to this episode, Matt and I would greatly appreciate if you guys shared it on your Instagram stories, tagged both of us. Uh, go subscribe to the podcast, the YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Go leave us a five-star rating and review. Um, go follow your boy on Instagram. Other than that, hope you guys have a good day and catch you guys on the next episode of the Noble Pursuit Podcast.